0: Totally Football Show. What a weekend. From Watford Wolves at Wembley, Deo Lefeo with Wolves KO, to Friday Saints Liverpool at St Mary's, where both sides look close before that sudden dramatic breakaway. And that was just Sky Sports pre-game presentation. We've got hot takes and opinion on all that, and a big look forward to all the midweek action in the Champions League and Europa 2. It's a bumper. Totally Football Show, in association with Paddy Power. For your entertainment today, Michael Cox, author of The Mixer and the forthcoming Zonal Marking. Hi, James. Good morning to you, Michael. Oi, Natalie Jedra, Oi. From, from ESPN Brazil.
1: Your Portuguese just keeps improving, man.
0: Actually, it doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> and also Daniel Storey. Good morning. Back from Croatia's Eternal Derby. Yes,
2: indeed. What yeah. game is that? It's Hajduk Split versus Dinamo Zagreb.
0: All right. I bet you've got a story to tell or two about that. Mm-hmm. Perhaps... Michael and Natalie, if there's one fixture that you you feel you, you have to go and see, maybe you've already seen it.
3: Yeah, it looks like uh, Daniel started a <laughs> new feature of the show. We can,
0: we can hear that later on. They're always welcome. What are we, though? What are the goals of the season? One of the misses of the century over in France. Also, I think Friday, one of the goal celebrations of the season. And then Sunday afternoon, an FA Cup semi-final for the ages. Watford against... Wolves. Can we just call that the final, Natalie?
1: Oh, yeah, absolutely. It was amazing. It was so exciting. You know, um, th- there are so many things uh, about this match that are, that are attractive, but it's the classic case of uh, you see Wolves. They are doing an outstanding job, but they have the investment, they have a, a clear plan, and you don't expect all that from Watford. And then you have to talk about Javi Gracia because he's been doing such a brilliant job. You, you have to, to really stand up for, for what ha- what he has been doing, and you have really interesting stories because you have Delphel, who disappointed in Barcelona, didn't really uh, delivered in Everton, and now he has uh, a match like that one. And uh, and it's just, and you have Gomez, thirty eight years old, he's about to retire. He's been in England for since two thousand and eight, and last week ESPN did an interview with him, uh, and it was very interesting because he said he has such a nice story, life story. Uh, he, he said that he decided to be a football player one day when his mom was heating up water so he could have a warm uh, shower. Uh-huh. And then he decided that he was going to, to be uh, a football player. And then he's all emotional now, hitting the, the FA Cup final. And there was this big discussion between Gomez and Foster. And I, I'm very happy for him. And curiosity, uh-huh. I, I was actually looking it up. 18th of May, so, FA Cup final. I was looking it up. Elton John scheduled a concert. <laughs> I don't know what he's going to do about mm-hmm. it, but he has a, a, a show in Copenhagen.
0: On the 18th of May.
1: Yes, exactly. Because, well, who who would have guessed that Watford would, would come that far?
0: Well, actually, you know, the funny thing is, apparently we did a uh, gut Gary among a couple of listeners pointing out that somebody on the show said uh, tipped Watford for the FA Cup uh, way back at the
1: start of the season. See. This yeah, person should have called but Elton John. I think it would be reasonable. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That's what's, a that's huge. Yeah. What's he going to do about it? I don't know. It? He has to be at Wembley.
3: Yeah. Yeah. So who, who do we know who tips this? I'm not sure. Was it you, Michael? No, I'm. I'm not that clever. No.
0: Somebody. I, I have a vague recollection of somebody saying, "Yeah, Watford are the kind of team in this FA Cup with it Emma. competition." <laughs> Might have been Emma, to be fair. <laughs> Emma Saunders, who we'll be hearing from very, very shortly. But yeah, as you say, Natalie, all the elements here, starting Daniel with an incredible backdrop. I mean, the way Wembley looked, mm. it was one, it was a classic mm. European tifo, no?
2: Yeah. Well, Nick Miller, who at the game, well, he said on Twitter that it felt like a playoff final atmosphere, and actually. At Sat on Saturday, Manchester City-Brighton, the Brighton fans were exactly the same. They felt like they were there for a good time. And of course, there are nerves, but but not the nerves of a playoff final. So what you actually are left with is a group of supporters who have not been to Wembley for quite a long time, especially not in an FA Cup semi-final, wanting to make the most of the day. And and obviously, on, on Sunday, the game lived up to that.
3: Mm. Certainly did. And in terms of the colours, it's worth remembering that uh, there was a coin toss to determine who got to wear their... You know, yellow. Essentially, hmm. that a club representative went all the way to Wembley just to watch a coin toss and then went
0: back. So to when office. was that coin toss held? Three weeks ago, I think. Yeah. Oh, really? But I mean, wow. it obviously, that's not, planning. I it's, bet it was yeah. televised live on BT Sport. I don't think it was actually.
3: I'm surprised it wasn't. I mean, I, I'm not joking. I would have watched a coin toss. <laughs> I mean, the guy from Watford didn't have to go far, but someone's come all the way down from Wolverhampton just to watch a one second event and gone back home. So just film Brilliant. it and just there's your proof.
0: Whereas the Brighton. Fans went along for what four minutes? On Saturday? <laughs> we'll talk about that game in a second, but anyway, yeah, disaster to triumph. Is this too superficial? Was it all about Jared Delafay?
2: Yeah, it, it was. And Javi Gracia, I think you know, he will come out of it with praise in that he changed the game by bringing Delafay wrong. I think he got it wrong by not starting him, he's been in excellent form recently.
0: Well, he hadn't been midweek, no?
2: Well, I, I, I think for an FA Cup semi final, you pick your best attackers. Andre Grey is a worker, right? Um, but he is not he's not he doesn't deserve a place in Watford's front three based on quality alone and um Gerard Dellafeo does his his the ceiling of his potential performance is higher than far higher than Grace right. and it was a, a beautiful beautiful finish
0: wolves 2-0 up with 11 minutes to go when he comes up with that unbelievable goal yeah it was brilliant
3: he's got a very particular way of kicking the ball dellafeo i mean I haven't seen it to that extent before but that kind of flick you know, yeah,
0: it's almost like he doesn't it's almost like he just lifts it.
3: Yeah, he's not kicking through the ball, is he? He's flipping it up and round. I mean, I said on this podcast last last week that De La is my favourite player to watch in the Premier League. I okay. think it's absolutely fantastic. I couldn't believe that they left him out. And I also think there was an error with the system. I don't quite know why he played the diamond. They just couldn't progress the ball. The fullbacks didn't seem to know where they were going. And obviously bring on De La changed the game, but I I think also what changed the game was Wolves took off uh, Jota right. and they took off um, Neves, as Neves, well. Neves as well and it was like uh, Espirito Santo hadn't considered the possibility of extra time let alone penalties because he then took off Moutinho so taking off really all, all three of your penalty takers, not that it did go that far um, but I thought yeah it was a game characterised by managerial errors without wanting to sound too negative but it was a, a game that kind of took on a life of its own away from the tactics
0: I think Right. As a special fan of Deo Lafeo, would you say this is the game of his career?
3: Yeah, I mean, certainly when you take into account the uh, the occasion, he's he's always lively. I mean, that's why he's fun to watch, because he never has a quiet game. He often has bad games where he constantly gets in positions and takes the wrong option. But he's got tremendous pace. I think his decision-making needs needs to be improved. But yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised if he moved to a really top club at the end of the season. I think if you're a manager like Unai Emery, for example, you'd bank that you could turn that player into someone who can get 15 mm-hmm. goals a season.
1: I like players like that, like Delefeu, because uh, they are never unnoticed. And I, I think that shows a lot of character. You know, he, he always, either he's not performing well when you see that clearly or he's, pull, he's pulling something off. So uh, I think mm-hmm. that's interesting.
0: Well, uh, pulling something on was uh, Jimenez earlier on in, in the game <laughs> when he put on that uh, Sin Cara wrestling mask. I obviously don't know what that means. I mean, it means without a face, like faceless. Yes, but it's yeah. a WWE. It's like a, what, Mexican wrestler, is it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Uh, anyway, but that was a good goal as well, no? The, yeah. The Jimenez he,
2: one. He's similar to his goal against against Manchester United in the quarterfinal. That he's really good on the turn, Jimenez. He shoots quicker than you expect, which is exactly what happened for that second Wolves goal, in that he takes it on his chest and spins really quickly for... He's quite a big guy, Jimenez, hmm. but obviously his move, permanent move, confirmed last week. And... He is a bargain at £30
0: Absolutely, absolutely. But not enough to see Wolves pass Watford, who, as we mentioned, gets through to the FA Cup final for just the second time in their history and their first since 1984. What a day for Hornet supporters. And amongst them, of course, friend of the pod, Emma Saunders, who was there.
4: It's a huge thing historically for the club. But when you reflect on the season as a whole... It just seems like Watford have really stepped into a completely different era now. It was one thing going up into the Premier League and not going straight back down as they have done the two previous times recently. It does seem as if we've really sort of stabilised in that sense um, and we are here to stay in the Premier League. But it, it just feels like we've turned it up a notch now and we are serious about finishing in the top 10 and even more so pushing on for European football. Realistically, we're not going to be chasing a Premier League title just yet, so... In that sense, it's the FA Cup that you really dare to dream for, because that's the closest we're going to get, really. So to think now we are just potentially 90 minutes away from lifting a trophy, it really is a dream come true. And for Javi Gracia, there's been so many comparisons drawn between him and Graham Taylor, just the way that he conducts himself and what he's achieved at the club. So It's just so fitting that he's managed to take us as far as Graham Taylor has in that he's confirmed our spot in the FA Cup final. It's really quite the achievement and it just highlights what an extraordinary job that Javi Grassi has done.
0: Emma Saunders. Now... Ooh, did you see Troy Deeney's uh, interview with uh, Carrie Brown post game on yeah, being? We were sports. talking
1: about it before, I, yeah. All
0: oh, right, what were you saying?
1: Uh, it was very entertaining. Actually, it was was funny how how he expressed himself. Troy Deeney is a very interesting character, uh, and he's not the most technical player, but he shows a lot of spirit. And uh, Cornes, I, think,
0: I think is I think his expression. Yes, yeah. exactly
1: in Spanish, and I think that kind of represents uh, a bit of Watford uh, in terms of. Of, like Wolves is very technical team with very skillful players, and Watford is more of a uh, heart and spirit team. That that's basically how I s- see the differences. Mm.
0: Or well, Troy certainly quite vocal in his attribution of their <laughs> success to the attributes. Uh, Post game, anyway, he wasn't talking about. That kind of thing. He was saying basically. I mean, it was it was it's, it's one of those kind of quite frank interviews about the troubles that he's been through and what it means to be at this moment and the fact that he was so emotional at the at the final whistle. As he says, you know, everybody knows I'm a big tough guy, but yeah, I don't mind showing it. Mm. And he says, it, you know, everyone goes back to the prison stories, but it goes way beyond that. It goes back to when I was a kid and you know the the tough times you get through. And Carrie Brown, is, it's a great interview. Says um, so for anyone who's struggling maybe with their career and thinking about whether they should continue, what would your word To be to them, and he says, "I don't want to talk about just football. I want to go a bit deeper than that. Basically, anybody, any when life, you see all these other people with their Instagram lives. Don't believe in all that stuff. Everyone's got problems. Everyone's got bills to pay. Everyone has heartache. You know, don't give up." He's a frustrating character because he does give. He does have some fabulous interviews sometimes, but then he acts like a complete dolt on others.
2: Well, I think he's just himself, isn't he? Yes, Um, and I think if we're going to ask anything from footballers, it would be that they are just themselves. There's no facade there. Some of them there. not being... So.
0: <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Watford celebrating them, but they've still got at least 90 minutes against the awesome man City to come. City, of course, beating Brighton 1-0 on Saturday. We'll talk about what City's week looks like after this. You're listening to The Totally Football Show in association with Paddy Power. City taking on Brighton Saturday at Wembley... City have almost lost count of the number of trophies they're still in, but they're through to the final here after that fourth-minute goal from Gabriel Jesus. Game over inside four minutes. That fair?
2: Yeah, I mean, I mean, City were, you know, they scored a brilliant goal, but then they did what they've done plenty of times this season, which is kind of take their foot off the gas. I actually hmm. think Guardiola will be really annoyed with the performance because he picked a really strong team. Uh, And they've got Spurs in the Champions League this week, so I think he would have liked them to get a lead and then, as they've done for most of the last three months, get two or three goals up and then coast through the last 45 minutes, even longer in some games. And they didn't do that. Uh, Partly credit to Brighton, but also because City were just quite sloppy after... After the first 20 minutes.
1: Yeah, they're going to have a very intense uh, month of April. So you have to take that into account. But it was kind of disappointing uh, as you were watching the match. Because you see a goal happening with four minutes. And then you go, okay, so that's gone. Second half was a little bit better. Brighton uh, tried more. Uh, they attacked more because first half they were very concerned about just defending. Brighton fans were were, were really really happy and loud and at Wembley. City fans not so much. So so yeah, it's gonna be an interesting month of mm-hmm. April for 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 City.
0: Brighton's uh, heads didn't go down unlike their players, Daniel. You, I saw you were calling them out, calling yeah, them dirty they, diving cheats well, on they, Twitter. They
2: were <laughs> divers, they were, they really were. I mean, um, Jahan Bash mm. dived, I think, three times and Slightly ironically, um, the one time he should, if he had gone down, I think Car Walker would probably have been sent off. I think Over his, the head. his, yeah, I think yeah. his reaction—if he falls backwards and holds his head—then I think Walker probably gets sent off. It's one of those where the reaction quite often determines the punishment. Um, but he dived three times. knockhart dived at least twice, including for a, a penalty at the end, which was I mean, it was ludicrous on the replay. He just that kind of arms above the head and goes down through no touch at all. Uh, it's just a bit. I mean, maybe it's a you know. I've got a Brighton fan, David Hartrick, a mate of mine, and he says it kind of becomes an almost valid tactic now in that so many teams do it and you think, well, why not? But
0: If, if it's against City as well, does that give you kind of carte blanche well, to do anything? You
2: Martin can? Keown on commentary I, I heard watching the highlights back kind of praise Brighton for being clever. And you think, well, you can't have a go at players when they dive and then just because it's a smaller team say, hmm. oh, that's clever, but... I don't
1: know. I, I think it's so interesting, the, the diving discussion here in England, because in South America in general, in Brazil uh, as well, it's so normal to dive and people take it as part of the game. And here is a, is a big discussion. So I'm always, there, interest, there's uh, I'm no, always interested. There's no in,
0: kind of moral no, backlash no. against none whatsoever? No,
1: no, it's normal. It's part of the game, especially in Libertadores, especially. Right, okay. Yes, it's part of the tournament. And I think it's, yes, and I think it's very interesting. Every Brazilian that's here, and they always get amazed with uh, how much attention diving gets. Right. I, I understand today. Today I understand. But when I got here in England, I was like, well, but that's just diving, you what know.
0: Else, what else bewildered you when you first arrived here that now you, th- you, you feel you got a handle on?
1: Oh God, that's a tough one, James. All right,
0: we'll come back to that one. Okay. It, yeah. it should <laughs> be said
2: that. that there was VAR at Wembley, so yeah. there was yes. absolutely no point diving because yeah. had any had a penalty been awarded, f- for example, for the knockout, uh dive, then it would have immediately been ruled out anyway. So. Mm.
0: City anyway still on for the keyword. They've already won the League Cup in the league. Liverpool have meantime gone back in front. We'll talk about that later on. But Tuesday, City will switch to another of their spinning plates with their Champions League quarter final against Spurs. City on a 14-game winning streak. Or are they, Michael? I think they are, yeah. No, yeah because it's the uh, the penalties in, against Chelsea. I've included that in there.
3: Was that on penalties? Oh, yeah, it was, yeah. yeah. OK, so it's not. <laughs> all right, all right. <laughs> oh, no. yeah. But
0: still, I mean, that aside, that Cavill aside, just looking amazing at the moment.
3: <clears throat> yeah,
0: I mean, over, over the 14 games. I know we've just said they didn't look amazing against uh, Brighton. Yeah. But okay. broadly, when they want to, it looks like they can unleash shock and awe
3: yeah I mean my concern for them ahead of Tottenham would be that they've played three games against Cardiff, Fulham and Brighton who must be the three most passive teams in the Premier League in terms of closing down the opposition and it's not great preparation for, I mean it's good in terms of fitness but I can see Tottenham shocking them in the first 10-15 minutes if they have a big early burst of pressure Interesting. because City have just been able to I mean this semi-final they could just walk the ball from the back from the, the edge of their own box into the final third and there's no pressure whatsoever. And that's a completely different situation from playing against Spurs.
0: Absolutely. Is Loris going to be the key player in this game?
2: It would be nice if he makes it through a big game without making a ricket, yes.
0: But he can be outstanding and he can also be decisive in a negative sense. Yeah,
2: I, I, but then I think I think it's one of those ties where pretty much every single Spurs player is going to have to step up. They, ha- they do have problems at the moment. I think Kane... Every game that Kane plays and plays well, he becomes Spurs' most important player in, in terms of holding up the ball, in terms of the one-touch passing that enables them to counter City, if, even when City do really push forward on them. But I agree with Michael. I think if in the new stadium, if if Tottenham can have a big first 10 minutes, then almost like they did against Barcelona, they kind of believe they're bigger than they are and they can trouble City.
0: OK, it's North London's newest landmark. Natalie, you've been there, the Tottenham Hotspur yes. Stadium. Uh, what's it like compared to? Is it? Is it? A massive step up. Compared yes, it to, yeah. is.
1: It's it's a different level. Uh, I was talking about it because you get used to these FIFA standards in mm-hmm. stadiums. They they are very nice, but they they kind of have the same idea around it. And in Spurs, I think it's it's different. The, it's a new design. Uh, it has more character. It's not just one modern stadium, it's not one a generic... other. No, it's What's, not. What was the
0: thing that most impressed you then about your your trip there?
1: The design. The okay. design of the stadium because it's so beautiful on the inside and on the outside and the way they, they they put the ceilings with the with the glass ceilings it was it's lovely it's very impressive and I was interviewing city players after the FA Cup semi final and they all uh, spoke about the stadium as a factor in this match that Tottenham uh, players are gonna be extra motivated because of the stadium so I think the stadium is gonna play a big part. In this, in this match.
0: They've met so many times already. Do they approach this in the same way they would a Premier League game?
2: I think Spurs will feel the pressure. If this was a home game in the Premier League, they, think they would probably accept a draw as a, a very good result, whereas Postina might well take it at full time, but a draw is difficult when you consider Manchester City's dominant home form right. uh, and Spurs troubles on on the road in the last few months so well, I they're, think they're if the game in
0: general well yeah but um, I mean, if they go in five four defeats
2: I think what will be interesting is if it goes in let's say nil nil with 20 minutes to go what then happens do Spurs does Mochettino think right we really need a goal here because we are likely to lose away from home and does Guardiola think we're pretty happy with nil nil That will be really interesting.
0: Are you not anticipating a particularly thrilling encounter then?
2: Uh, I think it will be a really good watch because I think these are two of the most attractive teams in world football to watch if they play well. Uh, And particularly against each other, the games have been great. Mm. Um, I don't think there'll be a huge number of goals in it.
0: It's never been easier to mess things up. Whether you're confusing vegans with dairy intolerance offering your seat to a pregnant lady who isn't pregnant, or, like Liverpool, chucking away a seven-point lead at the top of the Premier League in a matter of weeks. Good one, lads. That's why Paddy Power do money-back specials, so not all mistakes cost you as much. Paddy Power, home of the money-back special. Applies to first bet on all losing goalscorer, correct score and what to Paddy, bets on the match, max refund £10, T's and C's apply, 18plus, be
5: On Spotify, smart speaker and podcast platforms everywhere, this is the Totally Football Show from Muddy Knees Media.
0: Well, as mentioned, while City busy themselves with the FA Cup and Champions League, Premier League has seen the 25th change of lead since the start of this season. Liverpool on Friday night coming from behind against Saints with a very dramatic finale. If they win the title, Liverpool, in the DVD, they'll just play that 15 minutes out (laughs) in real time, I reckon, no?
1: You know, I was watching Salah's goal and I think the goal represents much of what we expect from Liverpool. Intensity, pace... And talent, individuality, because they have very good individual players that uh, that you could see clearly uh, on on the the past season and this season y- you can't you can't see it as much as you used to. And when I saw that Salago, brilliant finish, Were you was shouting amazing. at the screen,
0: hands up, who was shouting at the screen when he when he went through? <laughs> <laughs> well, yes, Michael wasn't. I was.
3: I was shouting at the screen a little bit beforehand because. It was so obvious a break was going to come from that. You know, when the yeah. ball came back to Ward-Prowse, reminded me of a goal uh, Arsenal conceded to Liverpool at the start of last season, where the ball came back to Bellerin, I think, and he tried to control it and they broke. I think in England, players clear the ball too much on the edge of their own box. But I think when they're the last man getting the ball after a corner... Just get rid of it. Honestly, just hoof it into the stands. I yes. thought it was a really preventable goal from Southampton. Sorry to be negative.
0: No, 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 that's fine. But anyway, so they race downfield and you're just thinking Salah, who for the last eight weeks has had this narrative of the fact that he's desperate to score. Yes. He never passes when Nine he should. Matches. He's yeah. wasted so many opportunities.
1: And you see Firmino running and you're just thinking, give the ball to Firmino, give the ball to... And you see the two defenders coming towards Salah and he, he just... The brilliant, brilliant, finish. Brilliant. brilliant finish, brilliant
0: finish. Because against uh, behind all of this, time is ticking away. They've equalised after Shane Long's opener, Naby Keita with the goal there. But it just feels like the spell is lifting for Liverpool that a draw will see this kind of momentum drying up for them.
2: Yeah, this is the, the kind of big question for the rest of the season is that City are coasting to wins, Liverpool are fighting for theirs and... Kind of the logical assumption would be that you would much rather coast than fight because eventually if you have to fight, you'll come unstuck. But actually for Liverpool, it's almost the opposite because mm. there are so many questions about their mentality, um, particularly after 2013-14, when they were this kind of fancy team but then came a cropper in the final weeks. It's almost good for them to have to fight because it reproves to themselves over and over again. You saw Henderson screaming at the yeah. end of the game. He's the only one in that team now. Starting 11, who was still there in 2013 14. So it's that sense of we're still proving it, we can do this, we can do this. So actually, I think that the tight games are, are almost a good thing for Liverpool.
0: Yeah, the emotion of that celebration from Henderson and then from the rest of the team as they join him was absolutely extraordinary.
2: I mean, fair play to Henderson as well because he, he's a, he is the captain, he's not an automatic starter, he came off the bench assists a goal, scores a goal, and then rallies a crowd and goes absolutely mad. And that's the defi- that becomes a defining image of, of the weekend. Yeah.
1: And Milner and Henderson, they really changed the pace uh, of, the, of Liverpool's midfield on, on second half. They really made an impact.
0: OK, because I, I must admit, I complete that escape. What we do we want to do?
1: No, Müller was brilliant when when he entered the, the he he just brought new ideas to the to Liverpool's midfield and Henderson brought this new very exciting pace mm. so it was a, a a very big impact.
2: It's, it's funny Henderson because he, he, we obviously see him particularly with England as a kind of deep lying midfielder, but actually. If he pushes up a bit more, he, he scores and creates more goals than than Liverpool players who play a little bit higher up the pitch. You know, Jeannie Van Alden, for example, and certainly Naby Keita when he's played. So it, it's interesting that he, he kind of plays a different role for Liverpool and he enjoys having that freedom to get forward. He really does. He, like, he likes to see himself as this Gerard figure of herring up the pitch and herring back again rather than just sitting and he did it brilliantly against Southampton.
0: And mm. Liverpool, three goals. They only had five shots on target. A little bit harsh on Saints, the, the, the game, because they started so well in this match and they're, they're still not safe of course, but you have to salute Liverpool for their spirit. It's the, uh, the, that's the 19th and 20th goal they've scored, the Salah and Henderson strikes, in the last 15 minutes of games this season. They've also won 16 points from losing positions, both of which are kind of league-topping statistics.
3: Yeah, I'm surprised about how many points they've won from losing positions because they haven't conceded many goals. Hmm. That's the end of that point.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, next up for Liverpool, Porto who drew nil-nil at Anfield last year, but only after they'd lost 5-0 at home in the first leg. This Liverpool side certainly seemed to be on another level to last year's edition. What about Porto? Well, they're currently right behind Benfica on goal difference. They've won four games in a row. They've got lots of old faces that you'll know, like uh, well Pepe, Casillas, Maxi Pereira. Musa Morega has been outstanding for them so far this season six goals and two assists in the champions league and then there's this uh, the brazilian center back uh, yes. militao who, who yes. real madrid have just splashed yes. what exactly. uh, spaffed sorry 50 million on yes Yes. Okay, how there, good is he in Italy? Yeah,
1: there are lots of expectations regarding Militão. He's been called up for the national teams a few times, uh, but he's been called up as a right back. But he's been playing as a defender as well. Uh, in Porto, he's been playing in both positions. But he's very young. He's ju- he's only twenty one. He's very promising, a very promising player. Uh, you have Alex Telles as well, uh, the the left back, another Brazilian in Porto. He's really good. He got called up for the national team for the first time. Uh, after Felipe Luiz injury and uh, he did pretty well but most of expect- most of the expectations are around Militão because he's a very promising player.
0: Porto narrowly struggled past Roma for a 4-3 on aggregate in the last 16 but he looked really good before that in an admittedly not super tough group mm. of the Champions League but Liverpool big favourites especially after what happened between these two clubs last year. The other Champions League quarterfinals this week well Barcelona we will be visiting Man United. Barcelona fresh from a big win over Atletico Madrid. 2-0. Admittedly, Atletico were down to 10 men from 28 minutes in after Diego Costa saw red. Uh, you see, you're laughing because you've seen the quotes. Yes, I have. I'm yes. not reading this out. Fair enough. It's so rude what he said oh, to the referee. It's a family
1: podcast. Don't do that. It
0: really is. I mean, I know you can swear again. but Was it mother or grandmother? That's it, well, I, uh, I've re- I haven't seen it as... He implies that the referee's mother is on the game and enjoys what I think is known in in kind of those circles as tarmacking. Yeah. Anyway, (laughs) I think an early shower, and I hope he's washed his mouth out as well. Oblak valiantly held on until the 85th minute with the scoreline 0-0 before Suarez lashed in one goal. And then, of course, Leo Messi came up with another. What do you think when you picture Jones, say, and Smalling facing those two, Michael?
3: Yeah, I do worry for United. Um, I think they're obviously the first two players they've got to stop. And the third one is Jordi Alba, who again was excellent. The timing of his runs is so good from left back. I think that's the most interesting area for me because in the first few weeks, Solskjaer was very bold with his wide players. And if you look at the way they played against Tottenham and the way they played against Arsenal when they won both games, they basically put Rashford out there to attack in behind. And that, I think, is what Solskjaer would have done if they played Barcelona two months ago. Now, with United looking quite frail at the back, I think they'd be more defensive, probably put Lingard out there against him. But yeah, Messi's just, I mean, from that kind of number 10 inside right position, he's almost reinvented himself again Um, because he hasn't played as a number 10 really until the last couple of years for Barcelona and uh, I don't think that Matic has the mobility to cope with him so I think Barcelona are very strong favourites
0: Man United coming into this game after three defeats in the last four matches at Old Trafford conceding twice in each of those defeats Solskjaer talking about the players looking like they're on holiday. Of course, they'll be up for for this one. But in the in the search for positives for United coming into this, Natalie, what have you got?
1: Yeah, they already produced a miracle against PSG United. They're so, Man
0: United. That's what they do.
1: Yes, yes, exactly. But can you expect the same against Barcelona? Well, they did it
0: against Juve earlier in the season. The, the
2: only glimmer of positivity is that Solskjaer United have been better without the ball. They have been their big problem against kind of Watford at home, even though they won, was that they just look out of ideas as soon as they were asked to attack a team, and they won't have as much of the ball against Barcelona.
0: What, what about Paul Pogba? What's what's happened to him? Because quietly amid this Man United slump, I know we we've looked at various things that might be hmm. happening in terms of their fitness, but his form has has absolutely dropped off, and it it looks like Solskjaer is he now experiencing the same difficulties about where to play Pogba that dogged his predecessor. I, I
2: don't know if it's quite as as macro level as that. I think w- when I watch Paul Pogba, if, if the first five minutes of the game goes right and he plays a couple of nice passes, he he holds up on an opponent and he or he creates a chance, the rest of the game seems to go well. If he struggles in the first five minutes, exactly the same as Lukaku, if the first touch is off or a pass is misplaced in the first two or three minutes, it really seems to get him down. Mm-hmm. And United's job, if, if he is going to stay this summer, is to kind of realize that yeah you will make mistakes but he, he's almost playing like a 19 year old again where he really gets to him and he needs to be a bit more mature than How that. old is he? Uh 26 so he What? Yeah, he needs Pop to be more mature than that.
0: Cheapest. I would have said 20 20- anyway, it doesn't matter what I would have said. <laughs> but it's funny because he he was such a stick that people beat Mourinho over the head with but just one assist and no goals in his uh, last 6 Premier League games. Yeah,
2: he was absolutely brilliant before that, it should be said. Um, and you know, the, the, that stick was used to beat Mourinho deservedly because I think he actively eroded Paul Pogba's confidence and contentment at Manchester United. And it is only three months since that stopped happening. So okay. if he stays next season, he might well be a completely different player after full pre-season, no World Cup, etc, cetera, etc. Cetera. But yeah, they need more
0: from him. Well, United fans would want us to point out that Barcelona have been knocked out at the quarterfinal stage for the last three seasons. And they haven't actually won an away knockout tie since uh, February 2016, when they beat Arsenal.
3: Yeah, they've often been bad away from home in the knockout stages. Even Remember Guad- Roma last year? Yeah, I mean, even going back to the Guardiola days, I think Guardiola only won one away knockout tie
0: with Barcelona. Is Rashford going to be fit? Yeah, I,
2: Michael alluded to the the tactics kind of thing. When Solskjaer started and it was going really well, they played this kind of split striker thing where Rashford and Lukaku normally kind of started as a front pair but basically went wide as they could And then someone pushed through the middle, Lingard or Mata. I think Mata started as like a false nine, basically, against PSG at home before going off. Mm. With Jordi Alba running forward, that's a heck of a risk for Rashford Mm. to play that role this time.
3: I mean, they do have speed. That's the one thing United have over Barcelona. They've got more attacking speed, I think. Not that Barcelona is slow, but if United play Rashford, Martial, Lingard, that's a good counter-attacking three.
5: You're listening to The Totally Football Show, sponsors of Melchester Rovers. Find out more at roytheroversofficial.com
0: You a Premier League supporter. Those Premier League sides look like having pretty good fixtures. Me, an intellectual. Actually, Ajax U. V. is the tie of the round. <laughs> I'm right, aren't I, Michael?
3: Yeah, I'm, I'm most excited about this one, I've got to say. It's uh, interesting in terms of the current sides, but also historically they're kind of two clubs who epitomise opposite ends of the footballing Absolutely. philosophy, I guess.
0: Yeah, no, that, that's exactly what I've written down here. Excellent. Well, I mean, more or less that kind of youth, the guile, the kind of technical against the tactical, all that. And you, you actually made your way over to Turin for Juve's victory of uh, the comeback win over uh, Atletico Madrid in the last sixteen.
3: Yeah, it was my first time at Juventus Stadium, and I was really, really impressed with it. And uh, I'm really impressed with Juventus because I think yeah. um, you know Atletico are the team in Europe who I'd fancy to go away from home and keep a clean sheet, but they were just never in the game and. Um, you know, with Ronaldo and Mandzukic, I think they just, there's a kind of old school physical threat there combined with the technical ability as well. I mean, Manzukic's ability to just provide knockdowns and flick ons is just so useful. Mm. And then you've got Ronaldo, so or having, yeah, having to cope you? with that's, both of them, you know.
0: Yeah, that's the thing, because of course he's been out. Yeah. I yeah. think
1: he's going to be fit.
0: They're making very optimistic noises now yes, about his return. Yes, they are. Uh, they certainly managed to beat Milan without him and a great if you've been following Juve of late with the whole Moise Kane business and Bonucci's dunce-headed comments afterwards fantastic kind of narrative to this game with Bonucci's error actually setting up uh, Milan for the opening goal away in, in Turin and Kane rescuing then his his uh, senior player with that that late strike which means that he scored 5 goals in 5 now a goal every 51 minutes in 2019 um I don't know if he'll start. I think Allegri thinks he's he's so valuable coming off the bench. But as you say, Natalie, Cristiano should start, you think?
1: I think so. Mm. I think so. I I find it very hard to believe that uh, even if he's not 100% fit, he will stay on the bench. He would be like, "Okay, Allegri, I'm fine here. No, no, and it's the type of, of match that he... That he likes and he... he... That they bought him for yes, as Yes, well. exactly.
0: The other major thing is whether Chiellini comes back. So we talk about Bonucci's era, setting up Milan at the start of that game. He hasn't looked great. And particularly when Chiellini's not in the side. So him coming back into the team could be huge because Ajax can score a goal.
1: Yes, they're a very fast team. They have a very clear idea of uh, what the club's mentality is like, and they, they want to deliver in this sense as well. They have young players, they have talent, so they, they've been very motivated in this Champions League. They have a very good Brazilian, David Nettis. He's mm. he's very talented. So, yeah, it's going to be good.
0: All right, they scored their 100th goal in the Eredivisie this season. <laughs> at the weekend, why well, are you laughing because Eredivisie or A little bit, yeah. Okay, well, they beat Willem Tuey 4-1. At the weekend
3: but they probably won't actually play a striker up against those centre-backs Ajax I mean the way they played at the Bernabeu with Tadic as a false nine produced possibly the best performance I've seen this season so I expect they'll do the same again this is a kind of match of or tie of a generation
2: for Ajax you know this goes right back to Johan Cruyff you know him establishing with Jonk the kind of new Ajax DNA to follow his old ideals and then Cruyff Obviously, tragically passing away, and Ajax having to do it without him, and Yonk doing it without him. And it was kind of all for this. So, it is when we talk about the history, it really does kind of reflect back to that history. So it is an absolutely brilliant time.
0: Rest of the Premier League this weekend. Standout game was Everton Arsenal on Sunday afternoon. Mark was on a five and a half hour flight to the Red Sea while this game was taking place. He'd like to know how good were Everton in his absence?
1: Very good. Very good. If you look at the shots, uh, look at the stats of the, the match, Everton had 23 shots and Arsenal 7. So you, you can't have Arsenal with only seven shots. They're really poor on first half, really poor. And uh, regarding Everton, Bernard's been great. Brings a different pace. He's very fast and creative. And uh, in Brazil, he's, he's well known as, um, there's this commentator in Brazil who always uh, used to mention him as joy in the legs. Yes, he, how, he,
0: say, how do you say that in Portuguese?
1: Uh, Alegria nas pernas. Yeah. Repeat with me.
0: I a like nice pianist. <laughs>
1: yeah, really good. Good, good. No, Bernardo's been Just brilliant. Just the right amount patronising
2: yes. there. I liked it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> really? And the same to you, Daniel. Thank you. <laughs> uh, anyway.
1: No, but regarding Arsenal, what what really uh, caught my attention is their form, away. From yes. from home, mm. uh, five wins, four draws, five losses. This Premier League, but if you look at their their final fixtures, they have Watford away. Yeah, they have Wolves away, mm-hmm. they have Leicester away, and they have Burnley away. So they really need to to improve their their away form. Four Otherwise, of the last
0: six away form, and they've lost. Uh, here's a different stat, but similar message. Seven of their last 11 away in all competitions. And now they've got the the Drake curse as well. What about Mesel Ozil? I'm getting a bit dizzy trying to work out if he's a misunderstood genius or not. What, what did this match say about him?
3: I don't think he had a great game. I think there was a little bit more onus on him to drop deep and create because um, Arsenal without both Torreira and Xhaka. Right. And I think that really showed. I mean, Guendouzi and, and El Neni really didn't, just didn't get the ball into dangerous zones. I thought Arsenal's passing was as bad as it's been all season. Okay. What um, about
0: what about his um, this, this scene at the end? Did you see when he's on the bench, he's looking furious. Who did he throw his jacket at? Was it as at Marco Silva, or has has been more widely interpreted against his own manager?
3: Oh, I thought it was more at Silva. Was it?
0: But I. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Okay,
2: it's it's funny with a that people want him to be more expressive and demonstrably passionate, and then when he does it, everyone goes, "That's not really him, is it?"
0: But there is a there is a, a grey area in between. Yes,
2: there is. Uh, but I think he was just frustrated. He played poorly, and Arsenal played poorly.
3: It was it was a nice uh, nice moment for Phil Jagielka as well, who I must say. I, I only turned this game on about two minutes before it started. When I heard his name, I wasn't sure whether he was a in the studio as a pundit or <laughs> still on the pitch because I had Tim Cahill. I thought, oh, Cahill and Jagielka. Um, and he looked for the first five minutes, he looked really badly exposed. Um, but but then popped up with a winner from a uh, Luca Dean throw, which consistently caused Arsenal problems. Even before the goal, Dean just lofted one of those in, and it was like Arsenal being back at Stoke against Rory Delap.
0: Mm. Do you remember Rory Delap, Natalie? Mm. No, please Can you explain Roy DeLatte Because this is a very. He, w- he, he,
3: he was described by Luis Felipe Scolari as okay. uh, one of the most incredible things I've ever seen in football. Oh. So he had the longest throw you've probably ever seen. Right. And uh, when Scolari's Chelsea went away to Stoke, they spent all week preparing for this long throw, but basically couldn't because they couldn't replicate the long throw. Yeah,
0: He was as indicative of a certain kind of English footballness as, say... Do you remember that player who used to dribble by bouncing the ball on his head? Oh, Curlon.
2: Yeah.
0: Oh, yeah, Curlon, yeah.
1: Oh, yes, Curlon. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yes. And
0: that, that was the kind of thing we'd see over there and go, in Brazil. <laughs> I just wondered if in in, um, in Brazil they used to show shots of Ronaldo de Lamp and go... Wow, I mean, no, to the extent to the extent
2: not. that Stoke City used to have deliberately used to have a changeover of dry towels on the touchline, so he could dry the ball to get it in the box. I mean, that's oh, how really? pronounced a
3: yeah. tactic. one one of my favourite moments uh, in Premier League history, I'd say, was when uh, it was West Brom against Stoke, I think, and the ball was going out for uh, a <laughs> ball oh, yeah. was going out for a throw, and the goalkeeper Bozma who rushed across to prevent it going out for a throw booted it out for a corner (laughs) and was just happy to defend the corner (laughs)
0: instead. Less dangerous than Rory Delap. Yeah, Superb. All right, well, uh, anyway, next up for Arsenal, they are at home, but it is against Napoli, which is going to be an interesting tie in the Europa League. I'm not sure what to make of it. Michael, do you have any thoughts?
3: I'd make Napoli slight favourites over the two legs, I think. I think the second leg being in Naples is a a big deal, especially with Arsenal's bad away form, as we've discussed. Mm. So I think Arsenal would probably like a, a lead to take to Naples. Yeah. OK.
0: They're not in the best of... In terms of results, Napoli have been a little bit patchy. Well, they lost at the weekend against Empoli and then they drew with Genoa midweek. And it wasn't like they were resting players either. Everybody was there, Milic, etc. But they've got <laughs> Insigne coming back in and Gulam yeah. as well, potentially, which will be huge. They've only got two wins in their last nine European away games, Napoli.
3: Is, is it too much of a generalisation for me to say that I wouldn't read too much into their form, considering they don't have much to play No, I think that's absolutely right. And
0: Certainly the Gazeta today was saying basically they're already in the cup. I mean, Mm. mentally, they've just been thinking about this game, which can be a positive thing and sometimes not. But yeah, you'd make Napoli slight favourites.
3: Slight favourites, yeah. The second leg being in Naples is
0: big. Difficult place to go. Definitely. Mm. The other Europa League tie sees Slavia Proha taking on Chelsea, who are in action this Monday evening at home to West Ham. Uh, Let's bish-bash and indeed bosh through the other three Premier League games this weekend. Palace beating Newcastle 1-0. Tenth penalty of the season from uh, Milovojevic. you got a stat, haven't you? That accounts
2: for 13% of all the penalties scored in the Premier League this season. That's amazing. He's also now only three off the Premier League record in a season, which is obviously Palace player as well, Andy Johnson. Oh, yeah. um, Who... Andy Johnson also assisted most of those penalties with some um, diving that Natalie would, and her compatriots <laughs> would be bang on board with. But um, yeah, it's, it is a kind of legitimate tactic now for Palace. They give the ball to Wilfred Zahar, they tell yeah. him to get in the penalty area, to keep the ball at his feet, run around and wait for someone stupid like DeAndre Yedlin to dive in and make a rash challenge. Well, the,
3: the good one with this is he could have gone down for the first one. Was that, yeah. like, this is outside the box, not having that. waiting until he went inside and Yedlin got involved. Fantastic. Superb.
0: Ending Newcastle's five-game winning run at home Leicester got their fourth straight win Away at Huddersfield Another goal from the excellent Yuri Tillemans mm. Who's either scored or assisted In five of his last six Premier League games uh, Bournemouth, meanwhile, managed to lose At home to Burnley 3-1 3-1 Three, of course, there were two goals in two minutes. Yeah. And then who got the third for Burnley? Barnes. All right, OK. would actually player. opened the scoring for Bournemouth with his own goal.
1: Yeah, first player in the history of Burnley to score in the same match a goal in a non-goal. Oh, right. Yeah.
0: Excellent. The three points moving Burnley to eight points above the bottom three. So they look safe now. Brighton and Southampton both within five points of Cardiff. Brighton, though, with a game in hand. All right, then.
1: Can I say that I'm curious to see who's going to finish 7th? I don't seventh. know if that's yeah I don't know how bizarre is that because mm. we we already know the top 6. Mm-hmm. But uh between 7 and 10 it's pretty intense there. There there you have Leicester Wolves, uh Everton and Watford all uh one in point. like one point difference. Mm. So and they're all uh, showing some exciting moments. Here well, so, you're so. Yeah. So
2: probably got mm-hmm. four managers who might actually appreciate getting into the Europa League rather than Mm -hmm. kind of like Burnley this season where Dyche basically and understandably tried to engineer their way out of it. Right, You've got four managers who probably, their clubs will want European football, so the managers will as well.
0: Well, if you think that's interesting, Natalie, wait till you hear about Daniel's trip to the Eternal Derby. We'll be moving on to that and all sorts of other excitements from abroad and also the Championship in the next part of this Totally Football Show. Michael, there was something you wanted to say about the race for seventh.
3: I think it's worth pointing out that uh, Watford have to win the FA Cup final to get a European place. Back in the day, uh, until about five years ago, yep. if you qualified for the FA Cup final and lost, and the team who won it were already in the Champions League, right, you'd get the you'd European. get it. So, for example, Stoke in 2011, but that's not the case. So you probably will get a European slot for finishing seventh.
0: I see, Daniel. You made a trip to see Hayuk Split. Hyuk Split. Hyuk yes. Split against. Dinamo Zagreb. Dinamo Zagreb. Yes. Yeah. Okay. What happened? Uh, why? Was, why? Why did you want to go and see this?
2: Um, it's called Croatia's Eternal Derby. It's, those two clubs were, before 1992, were with Red Star and Partizan as kind of the big four of Yugoslav football. And after independence, that became you know the Croatian Derby. Uh, and it was on my football bucket list. Mm. Um, split is a an amazing city but it's a city that kind of feels like it used to be subservient to Belgrade and now it feels subservient to Zagreb they feel very bitter that they pay the taxes and the money all gets spent in Zagreb um so there is a huge rivalry there um often unpleasant there's not a competitive rivalry as much anymore Dynamo are 17 points clear at the top of the league um but it was it's a brilliant game to go to
0: all right so what happened when, when you went
2: well, I went for the atmosphere and that was amazing. You know, flares, fires, et cetera, et cetera. Um, uh, the Torchida, who um, is the split supporters club, and are named after um, a Brazilian... So a group of supporters went to watch the 1950 World Cup in Brazil, oh, is which is where, where they got, yeah, sure. yeah, the, where they the got their name from. The
0: national side as well have, have this torcida, or torcida as they say, which oh, is yes. a Portuguese yeah. word. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So
2: they got their name from going to the 1950 World Cup in Brazil.
0: Brilliant.
2: <laughs> um, but yes, it, I went. Uh, Dinamo won the game 1-0, standard red card for an elbow in a derby, but yeah, I went for the atmosphere.
0: And lots of fires got lit in the stands. Indeed. That's brilliant. Yep. Excellent. Okay, where are you going next? Old
2: Trafford on Wednesday.
0: All oh, right, yeah, but no, I mean, not on that ilk. Nothing
2: before the twenty-one zeros. That's the next. Have
0: you got, mm. well, have you got uh, Michael? We, we I asked the, the question earlier if you could pick one fixture that you want to. I suppose you've been to them all, haven't you?
3: No, not really. Uh, it's a boring answer, but I haven't been to Barcelona or Madrid.
0: I think that's right. What about Boca River? What about you, Natalie? You've I haven't
1: been to, been to Celtic Rangers.
0: Right, there's I, enough of them. I mean, they happen more or less every week. Yeah. <laughs> so you've got no I, one but yourself to blame for that.
1: Yeah, I know that. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, in my defence, I'm always working.
0: That's true. Yeah. It is a football game. You could probably, I reckon, you could sell it to ESPN Brazil. <laughs> is it? Yeah, definitely. I'm
1: going to have a talk with them.
0: <laughs> okay, in France, oh, uh, when the seagulls follow the trawler, asks, is the Trooper moting miss on Sunday the worst ever? Yeah. Okay. Uh, because, I have to argue.
3: What well, is from such close range that they need a VAR to see whether it had gone in <laughs> on that. So that, that solves the question. He was under. So,
0: I mean, some. some was going in. Yes, it was going in. Basically, he's shot and it's going across the line. And yeah. what does he want to do? Just just make it his own goal?
3: No, I think he's in two minds. Well, I think he's in two minds about whether to steal the goal or not. Right. And I think he gets caught he in two minds. he kills
0: it out of the goal, basically. So,
3: but I mean, it's it's as bad a miss as you oversee. It's okay. awful.
0: Okay. And it meant that they, PSG only drew... To be fair to Chaputin, he had actually opened the scoring. No, 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 no.
2: Not to be fair to him. You don't get one <laughs> goal to rule out that. Okay. He has to score 30 next season, and then we can have a to be fair to him.
0: Right. But anyway, so uh, <laughs> they ended up drawing that one, PSG, and they haven't mathematically won the title, so there's still a large amount of tension about that. <laughs> what a piece of magic, or what an extended stretch of magic, for Ben Arfa for Rennes against uh, Angers.
3: I think I might be goal of the season.
0: It that is was, an amazing... Have you seen so this? That so
3: good. Yeah. It's,
2: it's, it's like so, the ball is glued, glued to his, his
0: feet.
3: feet. Yeah, and because when I saw it, I assumed that, you know, I just thought, this is incredible from Ben Affleck. I thought it was going to just be the assist. Right. But then he goes into the box and finishes it, having beaten about five players.
0: Yeah, if you, ha- I mean, he's beaten them twice as well. He evades <laughs> something like 13 or 14 tackles. He goes past <laughs> them and then he... <laughs> Decides it was fun, so he goes back and does it again. <laughs> he basically. is that
2: player, though. He's one of those players that, when he's in the in little moments, he's like he's playing on a different level on a computer game. He's yeah. just taking the the Mick out of. I remember he scored a goal for Newcastle against Bolton in the Premier League. It Might have even been in the FA Cup. That was the same, just slaloming past players. He's so good at that.
0: Hands up, who saw De Classica on Saturday? Yes, Michael. That's good. Okay, so Rafa was explaining how how important this was, how tight it was. Dortmund looking like some narrow favourites ahead of the game. How did it go?
3: 5-0 to Bayern. And wow. to be honest, aside from the fact that Dortmund hit the post within the first five minutes, I mean, it could have been 7 or 8. It was, It was almost difficult to watch, actually, because it was... You know, really inexperienced, really young Dortmund backline just getting absolutely battered by Müller and Lewandowski, and I mean they couldn't deal with set pieces. They were being pressed high up the pitch, just in every aspect of the game Bayern was superior, and it's just incredible that you know Dortmund had been top before yeah. before this game. I mean that would not just the three points and the five no loss, but psychologically that would be so difficult
0: to recover from. Dortmund, who were nine points clear of Bayern at Christmas time, now behind them had 20 shots, Dortmund just two and Lewandowski made it to 201 goals in 288 games in the Bundesliga. Just
2: see the, the kind of psychology of having a young team in the first half of the season where it's all exciting, it's taking the most of opportunities, it's everyone you know, seizing things to having a young team in the second half of the season where
3: they just they just looked, at, they looked so frightened, didn't mm. they? they just horrendous. Mm. The player I was really impressed with, if I could just add, was uh, Thiago who I think, but for injuries, might be the the best midfielder in the world by now. He's just so good. Everything about him is brilliant. But the thing I particularly like is a little bit like Dele Feu. He's got a really weird way of kicking the ball where he almost like pivots his foot and slices through it. And he just pinged in three or four really good corners that Dortmund couldn't deal with. And, and one of them brought the opener for Hummels.
0: Bayern now one point ahead with six games to go. So, still wide open. In MLS, DC United hosted Los Angeles FC... Ooh, Daniel!
2: Wayne Rooney's tackle. Oh yeah, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Um, horrific. I mean, a, a genuinely horrible leg-breaking challenge. And sometimes those challenges are out of, you know, youthful exuberance. But right. I think he knows what he was doing. Oh, you he think just he did. He, yeah, he just died. I mean, it is a leg break. I, th- I just it's, thought
0: he was a little bit slower. Than, his body was a little but, bit slower he, than his mind. I
2: he always was. think when. I always think when. When the foot makes contact with a part of the leg that was uh, never anywhere near the ball, yeah. it wasn't like the it wasn't like he caught a trailing leg after after a pass. It was the standing leg.
0: Right.
2: It was horrendous.
0: Right. This is on Diego Rossi. D.C. To be fair, were already three nil down at this point. It ended up being four 0 yeah. to L.A. And that is a
2: Wayne Rooney sending off. Three nil down in a, in a big big game and loses temper and gets frustrated and dives in. Uh,
0: we've talked about Italy and Spain, as we mentioned, Barcelona 11 points now above Atletico Madrid, Real Madrid in third, Catafi fourth still, one point ahead of Sevilla, where manager Joaquin Caparros has revealed that he has chronic leukaemia but will stay in the job. Extraordinary this because just last season, of course, Sevilla had uh, Eduardo Berizzo, who got diagnosed with prostate cancer, and had surgery, and then the club fired him. It was really brutal. Hopefully, Kaparos, who says that you know he's he's called it early enough, and that he w- should be fine to continue doing the job, will um, will enjoy the success that he deserves. Best wishes to him uh, in the championship. Natalie, you a big fan of the championship?
1: Uh, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I, th- I think I think that. Yeah, notes. I think Which I think that. Which is your favourite that's... team? Uh yeah, I'm I'm hoping for Leeds to get promoted. Oh yeah, yes, because okay. I'm a big Bielsa fan. So that's ah it. right. Yes, of America.
0: Well, Leeds are lost at Birmingham. Their, their their form has dried up rather of late, but not as badly as Middlesbrough's has. A hey, Daniel.
2: Yeah, I think that's seven defeats in a row. Six, uh, six defeats in a Sorry, and they play Bolton this midweek. It would be it would be fitting if the Tony Pulis era was to, as I saw on Twitter earlier, to lose to a team who can't even afford to pay catering staff at the moment. Uh, I can't believe so, Pulis is still in a job.
0: Thanks for mentioning Bolton. So what's happened about that? Because there was some threats that they, they yeah. So the, to... there was
2: a there was threats that they wouldn't be able to play the game because of a safety certificate. And then on Saturday morning there was a threat. The IT system had gone down in the stadium, which I think we can basically mean they hadn't paid the bill. Hmm. Uh, that then got sorted so the game did go ahead but now there's no guarantee that the players will there's no food at the training ground this week basically so players are having to bring their own lunches and stuff it's it's a farce obviously it's a farce but um yeah but they uh they, lost they should home... be
0: taken to the field against borough this weekend
2: yeah i think so and they they lost at home to ipswich which is not the right thing to do at the moment but yeah tony pulis i can't believe he's still in a job their form, as you say, plummeted.
0: Right. Norwich, by contrast, have opened up a seven-point gap at the top of the division now with a 4-0 win over QPR. They haven't yet appointed a permanent manager. No, they,
2: they reportedly, uh, to Tim Sherwood, is their number one target, which mm. I think we all want to see.
0: Definitely. Sheffield United moved in second. Leeds, as we mentioned, lost at Birmingham. Just a week ago, by the way, before Totally Football Live is at Leeds City Varieties Musical. Cityvarieties.co.uk for the last few tickets. Aston Villa continued their amazing run under Dean Smith, six wins in a row now. Uh, away at Sheffield Wednesday this time.
2: Yeah, two goals in the last minute. It was amusing because uh, Steve Bruce, who is now the Sheffield Wednesday manager, oh, of um, was being very vocal in the in the build up. Obviously, he'd been sacked by Villa. Um, this is one of the local media types in Sheffield said it was the football world versus versus Aston Villa. Which is a really odd thing to say about a championship fixture but yeah they scored two last minute goals and won 3-1
0: Excellent Daniel, well very shortly Natalie we'll be finding out exactly what it is that most confused and befuddled you bewildered you about uh, this island nation when you first arrived Mm -hmm. but first let's get some odds on all the incredible football fixtures heading our way, producer Ben in conversation with Paddy Power
5: Thank you, Jimbo. And as always, at this point of the show, it's time to talk to Lee Price from Paddy Power. Lee, we're going to talk about the Champions League exclusively in this section. Give us some of the markets, please, for Spurs versus City. This is going to be close. I'm interested in the first goal scorer markets and your money back special too, please.
6: I'm tempted actually just to say guess, Ben, but I think this might be a surprise to some people, at least the home fans. Despite this being in Spurs' new home, the world's greatest stadium trademark, lest we forget, it isn't Harry Kane that's the favourite to open the score in. It's Manchester City's Sergio Aguero after a week of R&R. He's even to score any time, 7-2 to score first. His understudy, Gabriel Jesus, is next in line, 4-1 to to open the scoring, with Kane level with Raheem Sterling after him at 5-1. to And you mentioned that Money Back special is a good one, I think. Money Back is a free bet if Man City beat Tottenham. That's selected markets only, pre-match singles only, max free bet at and TNC's apply.
5: OK, the other Manchester team in action at home to Barcelona. I have a feeling that Messi is going to score, but Barcelona aren't going to win. Can I get some numbers on that, please? <laughs> Interesting.
6: Barcelona are odds-on to win this one. They're 10-11. Messi is the same price to score. But you'd think home advantage count for something, although this season they've lost to Juventus and PSG at home United. But to get them the double chance to win or draw this match, it's 8-11. to 11. Add in Messi to get on the score sheet, and that makes it 4-1. to 1 which is almost as interesting looking as Phil Jones.
5: And finally, it's my obligatory Liverpool question. They utterly hammered Porto last season. 5-0, that was at the Dragao. It was then 0-0 at Anfield because the job was done. But I have a feeling that Liverpool could score 5 again against his Porto side.
6: Yeah, you're quite right to shop around, Ben. The value in the match odds isn't there, I'm afraid. Liverpool to win this is 1-4. to four. That's the most one-sided Champions League tie of the round. Despite all the chat around them, they are flying at the moment. Even Mo Salah is scoring again. So this could be a romp. Liverpool to score five more goals is 10 to 1, which does smell like value to
0: me. You can find out these odds and more at paddypower.com. All prices are accurate at the time of recording. It's 18 plus only. Begambleaware.org and when the fun stops, stop. So Natalie's about to tell us what <laughs> what she most found quirky or indeed weird yeah. when she arrived here. What's your, what's your money on, Daniel?
2: Making well, the Michael Cox box. you think Michael Cox I think
3: <laughs> well I, a previous time I was on with uh, Natalie she said how much she enjoyed the concept of Christmas jumpers which I quite like. oh
1: my god I love it yes. <laughs> I love it yes that, that was an easy adaptation
0: <laughs> okay but is that also because Christmas is hot where you are from so the yes. whole notion of wearing jumpers is exciting in itself absolutely it's like for English people wearing like flip flops absolutely
1: <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. No, Christmas is so much better in the winter. It doesn't yeah. make sense in, uh, yeah, during no, the no summer. Question. Yeah. Yeah. No, but honestly, what I found more more okay. weird, yeah. Milk on the tea. Milk <laughs> in the tea. It doesn't uh, I'm sorry, it doesn't make sense.
0: Yeah. No, I fair enough. Yeah. You'd yeah. agree with that, James? I would agree. I can't put milk in tea. I mean Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it sounded like tea had died, but faded <laughs> away from it. So, right. OK, well, that, that's great. Uh, and uh, big week ahead of us all. Natalie, where are you going for your... Oh, you don't know yet, do you? You're waiting for Spurs to tell you if you can...
1: Yes, exactly. Hopefully. Spurs, uh, Spurs if you're listening. Yes. <laughs> Please reply our email. Yeah, OK. okay. <laughs> if you don't
0: get a ticket to that, what will you do? Pitch up at Man United? I'll
1: go, at the, I'll go to the pub, James. Really? Yeah, <laughs> of course. Excellent. Super.
2: Not to watch the football, just to... Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah.
3: Uh, Daniel? Uh, Old Trafford for me on Wednesday. Right. Okay. Michael? I'm at Anfield on Tuesday and the Emirates on Thursday. Wow.
0: Big games. We will be here on Thursday morning. Raphael Honigstein will be joining us, James Horncastle as well, and also Matt Davis Adams. So that'll be a, a fascinating listen, uh, hopefully, listener. Do join us for that. For now, many, many thanks to Natalie, Daniel, and Michael, and you, listener. And have a great week till we speak next.
5: You've been listening to The Totally Football Show, a Muddy Knees Media production. For sales and advertising, email sales at muddykneesmedia.com and don't forget to check out our other football podcasts on Spotify, Apple Podcasts and everywhere else you get your audio on demand. Supporting your team can be a beautiful thing, but then come the injuries, the goal droughts and the downright disastrous defeats.